So the second refuge is taking refuge in the Dhamma. And again, the refuge in the Dhamma is, is more of a, an aspiration. And the word Dhamma means a few things. The first meaning of the word Dhamma is um, <clears throat> the way things are. The way things are, you know, things happen due to causes and conditions. There's the natural laws of the universe that govern the unfolding of conditions. And whether we understand it or not, what we are experiencing in our life is not accidental. It's not accidental. It's not uh, a mistake. It's not happenstance. It's due to causes and conditions. We may not understand them, and yet, if we take refuge in the Dhamma, we are kind of acknowledging the wisdom of understanding the natural laws of nature, the way things are. <clears throat> and we're always saying, in, in effect, that, you know, I aspire to understand the laws of nature, that is governing the unfolding of this this process here called me. Yet, not, not yet successful at it, but I'm aspiring to do that. I still try to figure it out. I still try to make it go my way rather than just to accept, oh, you know what, this is the way it is. These are the laws of nature. What's happening in this body, what's happening in this mind, what's happening in its relationship to the environment, it's happening to me in a very lawful, unfolding of conditions. That's hard to accept sometimes. We want to think sometimes that things are wrong. You know, what I'm experiencing is a mistake. But it's not so. And so, when we take refuge in the Dhamma, it's like we're taking uh, refuge in um, expressing our confidence or faith in, well, I hope I can begin to see this a little more clearly, that it's not a mistake. There's no errors, there's no... Um, nobody making it happen. Nobody to blame for it. You know, nobody blames, you know, uh, some anonymous, invisible being for the laws of gravity. You know, it's a law of nature, isn't it? The law of gravity? You know, you can argue with it all you want, but if you argue with the laws of nature, you'll suffer. And so if you want to deny the law of gravity, you can deny it, but you'll suffer. Or if you want to deny the laws of the, the, the physical laws of nature, whether it's you know the chemical laws or the biological laws, you can you can deny it. You can say, no, I want to plant this apple seed, and I want to get a banana tree. You can say that. It's not gonna happen. And it's just like, you know, you can do with your mind whatever you want. Wishing, hoping that it comes out the way you want. But if it's not in accordance with the laws of nature that govern the unfolding of the mind, it's not going to happen. Oh. So what we're doing here when we take refuge in the Dharma is saying, I know there are laws of nature that govern everything, including the unfolding of the mind. Huh. Okay. Can I have confidence? Can I take refuge in that understanding? Well, I'm aspiring to. Because I know, sometimes, I'm going to think there's a mistake happening. You know, my mind isn't unfolding the way I'd like it to. It's, it's unfolding in the ditch. And I want it to be up here on the, the bright side of life. 
But sometimes, you know, off it goes. That makes me, when I take refuge in the Dharma, then I have to look and say, okay, what am I missing here? What am I not taking in? What am I not being willing to acknowledge about the way things are, or the way things have come to be? Because that's what I'm struggling against the laws of nature. Hmm. Okay, so to take refuge in the Dharma is to aspire, to remember that this is all happening according to the laws of nature. That's not to say that it's predetermined at all. That's not at all. You know, the laws of nature say, well, that, that's going to be a pine tree, but it doesn't say how fast it's going to grow, how big it's going to grow, what disease is going to be susceptible. There's no, there's no command there. It's just, it, it guides the unfolding of conditions, the laws of nature. Same with us. The Dharma is also what the Buddha taught. What the Buddha taught is the Dharma. The Buddha didn't teach Buddhism. The Buddha taught the Dharma, and the Dharma is the way things are. So the teachings of the Buddha are pointing to the way things are. You know, so when you hear the teachings of the Buddha, and you look within yourself, you know, hopefully that's what you'll see. Or, to the extent that you do see, then you can resonate with the teachings of the Buddha, or you can resonate with the Dharma. So, as I mentioned, some of what we hear in the Dharma is easy to accept. I remember when I did my first retreat. I, you know, before I did my first retreat, I didn't know any Buddhist. I didn't know anything about meditation. I wasn't interested in meditation. And I didn't know anybody who meditated. This was 40-some years ago. And uh, it was a mistake. I thought it was a mistake. I thought this woman that was living in the commune where I was living, I thought she said she was going on a, like a holiday. I said, I'd like to go on a holiday. So we went to, to this holiday, which ended up being a two-week meditation retreat. And I didn't know We didn't have any idea what we were doing. It was kind of like, it was accident. Well, of course, there's no accidents, but nevertheless, it felt a little bit like, what am I doing here? But, when I heard the Dharma talks in the evening, I said something like, this is what I've always believed. This is what I've always known, but I've never heard it before. Never read it before. Never knew anybody who believed it before. But as soon as I heard it, it was like, I get it. That's it. That's, that's waking up to recognizing, you know, the way things are. And the teachings of the Buddha point to the way things are. So when you hear the teachings of the Buddha, he's pointing to, this is the way it is. If you can see it this way, you'll stop suffering. Of course, we don't. We can't see it. We want to, we want to see it our way. We see it through the eyes of our own conditioning, rather than the eyes of wisdom that we can hear from the Buddha. And so we struggle, and we suffer, because we don't yet hear it, or see it, or understand it, the way the Buddha pointed. So when we take refuge in the Dharma, we're aspiring to not just believe what the Buddha said. Belief is not going to get you very far in this practice. You actually have to see it for yourself. But the beliefs, or the understanding the teachings of the Dharma as the Buddha shared them with us 
is like a map. You can look at the map all you want. You can memorize every geographical pointer on the map. But if you don't take the journey, you miss the whole point of it. Right? You can you can you can look you can pour over a map of Paris for weeks and you know where everything is. But if you don't go to Paris and experience for yourself, you've missed the whole point of having a map. Right? So when we read the Dharma, when we hear teachings, you know, if we don't do the practice to see and confirm for ourselves, we miss the whole point of the map, which is the Dharma. Oh, so when I take refuge in the Dharma, I'm taking refuge in the map. Not just as a belief, but as a guide for how to practice so I can confirm for myself. Oh, okay. So now we're taking refuge in two things. The way things are is lawful, and we're taking refuge in or we're aspiring to be able to find a refuge, a place of safety in the teachings of the Buddha. But there's a third meaning of the word dharma, and it points to our immediate experience in every moment. Everything you experience, now we've been sitting here for an hour. We've been here for an hour already. How are you feeling? A little bored? A little restless? A little achy in the body? Maybe a little sleepy? Every one of those is a dharma. It's a dharma of sleepiness. It's a dharma of boredom. It's a dharma of achiness in the body. Every momentary experience is a dharma. Because, well, that's the way things, that's the way things have come to be. That's the way they are for now. Oh. So when we take refuge in the dharma, we're saying, huh, I'm aspiring to find a place of refuge in everything I experience. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. But we can't. We don't. We don't feel like everything we experience is a refuge, do we? We feel like it's a threat. It's an assault. It's kind of like it's it's problematic. It's painful. It's stressful. It's not like a refuge at all. Well, so when we take refuge in the Dharma, we're acknowledging our aspiration. I'm aspiring to know, to learn, to realize how to see this experience as a place of safety and ease in my life. I got some room for improvement. <laughs> I had that aspiration, but I'm not there yet. Right? So, when we take refuge in the Dharma, when we chant that, we want to remember this. It's not just mumbo-jumbo, I take refuge in the Dhamma first time, I take refuge in the Dhamma second time, I take refuge in the Dhamma third time, phew, should have done that. What's it mean to you to take refuge in the Dhamma? I hope for what I'm saying will give you some reflections what it means to take refuge in the Dhamma. 